G'day punters, I'm Mark Duclos. Welcome along to this week's edition of Behind the Boxes. We've got a real Newcastle Hunter Valley feel about this week's episode. Uh, Mick Lill will join us to talk about the chances of more source and casual glance in the Group 2 blacktop heats at the Gardens on Friday night. And leading Newcastle trainer Mark Davidson will be our feature profile as well. Gee, how good was it to see Wentworth Park back racing on Wednesday night and feature racing, as I said, returns on Friday. Now, coming up, we'll have those two guys, our special guests, plus all our regular segments. What's hot, what's not, which is cool, so is brought to you by our sponsor, Ivory Coat, uh, the rumour file, and our dogs to follow. But joining us, as always, my partner in crime, Timmy the Battler, Newbile. Hey, Battler, what about the response to the interview with Jason McKay last week? Yeah, g'day, Duke, and no shock at all there. Uh, Jason, he's a real character. He's great to listen to. He's great to sit down and have a chat to and enjoy a beer with. But then when you get to that next level and he begins to talk about training greyhounds and what he does day to day and getting their, you know, their bloods right and this and that, uh, it didn't didn't shock at all. If I was a, a training greyhounds, it is one episode of this series I'd want to tune into and watch and just take whatever you can out of what Jason was saying. Because look, we all know there's not too many uh, better conditions of a greyhound in this country than Jason McKay. And uh, yeah, it was great to see. It was well received within within the industry and and everyone tuning in and watching uh, last week's show. Because uh, yeah, it, it was it was enjoyable doing the show with Jace because. We know him pretty well, Juke, and he's, he's certainly a character. Yeah, look, the amount of texts and phone calls I got from leading trainers, and I mean leading trainers, uh, who said it was just outstanding to hear Macca talk. I mean, that was one of the big things, and that's what we're trying to do here on Behind the Boxes, whether you're a punter or whether you're a trainer, try to bring you that information. Battler, lockdown is imminent, or the ending of lockdown is imminent, and so too is Freedom Day. It must be like you're getting out of jail, mate. Oh, counting down the days, Duke, counting down the days. June 26, we went into hard lockdown here where I am, a suburb here in Sydney. And, yeah, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to, getting a haircut. That's one thing I'm looking forward to doing. <laughs> it's been a, I don't think I've ever gone this long without a haircut in my entire life. Uh, I've already made a couple of restaurant bookings. The pub will be getting a run at some stage in the next few weeks. So, uh, yeah, uh, and we could just to have a little bit of a break from, you know, my lovely family, uh, I think we all need a little bit of a break from each other because it's been a pretty tough few months. Uh, no, just need a, an hour or two to get away, even just go <laughs> go to the pub and a few beers and enjoy a, a bet with the mates and, and, and the like. So, yeah, it's imminent. And, yeah, we're basically counting down the days. Well, lockdown is not part of our life up here in Grafton, so you're welcome when you're when you do get out of jail, head north, beautiful <laughs> downtown Grafton, the jacarandas are about to bloom. Hey, listen, Battler, big news today. Greyhound Racing New South Wales has announced a 23% increase in prize money uh, for 2021-2022. The new total is a record $47 million, which doubles the figure that was paid out just six years ago. Quite remarkable, such an increase from uh, 2014, 2015, Duke. Uh, the industry was, you know, on its knees back then uh, with, you know, we didn't know what the future held. But now look at us here in 2021, $47 million to be paid out in prize money for this current financial year, an increase of $440 per 
uh, maiden race, uh, an increase of $800 for all provincial uh, races, 440 metres and above. And it's great to see uh, a couple of regions getting uh, extra prize money for these middle distance races, Duke. Uh, the Central West, as well as Northern New South Wales, up where you are. Uh, you know, these middle distance races uh, here in, uh, you know, uh, the Hunter Valley and, and Newcastle and down on the South Coast over the last few months, uh, when it's 5,000 of the winner, these, they've been some fantastic races. And, and uh, it's, it's great to see those regions will get that middle distance uh, racing with the extra prize money. But all in all, uh, you know, we work for Greyhound Racing New South Wales. So, of course, we're going to be here promoting it and saying how good it is for the industry. But uh, in a nutshell, uh, if you're not happy with a prize money increase, I don't think you're, you're ever going to be happy. Yeah, you only have to go back to 2018, Timmy, and it was $26.41 million, $28.56 million in 2019, $33 million in 2020, $38 million this year, $47 million next year. Now, I don't want to appear to be a suck up to our big boss, Tony Mestroff, but this rapid increase in prize money has come during his reign as CEO of Greyhound Racing New South Wales. But what's more important is that obviously the money's flowing into GRNSW through the corporates with Racefields legislation money because of the increased turnover. A lot of the other states, their statutory bodies are still getting that same money, but uh, trainers and owners are fighting to get a fair share of prize money. Yeah, uh, yes, we've seen that in the last few months, Duke. And yeah, it, it is a feather in Tony's cap and all of his uh, management team over the last few years to see such increases. Uh, and don't forget, Duke, there's also $1.5 million in additional um support through the, the homing assistance scheme, as well as a Greyhound care se uh, uh, scheme and the racing industry rebate scheme. So it's not just hardened prize money. You've got all of those schemes, which do help the industry as well. So there's one and a half million dollars put through those various schemes as well. So all in all, I think it's fantastic news. And and the only way forward from here is uh, continue to, to rise and rise, Duke. Uh, the industry here in New South Wales, in my opinion, is absolutely thriving and exciting times ahead. Never, ever seen it better for Greyhound owners and trainers uh, in New South Wales in my entire life, Timmy. Now, uh, as I said, Wenty resumed last night. Some sort of normality is coming back into our lives, obviously. And also feature racing uh, kicks off this Friday evening, tomorrow night at the Gardens. We've got four heats of the Group 2 Blacktop. Uh, boy, what about these feels? Um, I, I know that... You know, these top-class greyhounds have been missing from Wendy. They've been plying their trade around the provincial tracks, but it's good to see them all back at that one venue. Oh, it's fantastic to see, Duke. And as you know, I'm an overcastrian. Uh, I, I love the black top. I love this time each and every year when it does come around. And it's good to see uh, the club has been rewarded with a, a fantastic um, lineup of greyhounds going through all of the heats. Uh, we've got Zulu Warlord. Uh, you know, we've got the Casual Glances and More Sauce. Uh, Mickey Do, he's on. Uh, he's a greyhound with a big boom. Then we've got Zipping Curios and Pay Call. So all in all, fantastic uh, heats uh, and I can't wait to tune in Friday night and, and watch all of these uh, the heats because it's always a great series uh, we know Flying Ricardo he won last year's series he's not there this year he's he's off at stud but yeah it, it promises to be a really uh, really good week so a week and a little bit over a week's racing uh, at the gardens yeah and we had Mick and Michelle Lil on uh, a few weeks ago on behind the boxes and 
we were talking to them about more source and casual glance heading into the blacktop series. More source, of course, a prolific winner over the 400 and 450 metres. And Mick and Michelle told us about the program that they are mapping out for it. Mick Gill joins us now. Hey, Mick, tell us about More Source. Tell us how the last three weeks have been with this Greyhound. Yeah, mate, we had a bit of an interrupted run with him. Um, I sort of wish, uh, in hindsight, we didn't give him that last 400 at Maitland because he wrenched a joint. He got turned sideways in the pen, but um, we've got him right uh, right now. And um, his first uh, his first box-to-box, I was happy with it because I've been a little bit disappointed with the track at the Gardens lately. The, on trial days, anyway, it's, it's been very dry and very shifty. And these, as we know, these fast dogs, they hit the ground a bit harder and they hit those bends a lot quicker than, than your average dog. But he went 24.55, his first post-to-post, post, and he hit the rail just going past the 600 box, took a bit of a gash out of his leg. So I was pretty happy with that. We had to patch him up again. And, um, and his, his box-to-box was super, mate. He, um, but he was just going too quick into that first turn and the track was pretty dry. He was just, he had his skates on going through the catch and bend there. He went... But he go 484 early, 17, 10 oh. down the back. You know, he'll give that first section a record and nudge on a decent surface, you know. So I think the record's 482. He just come out under the leads and he was dead set sideways going through the pen because he just couldn't get grip, you know. He's just going too quick. And I was really happy with the way he trialled there on Monday. He, he knocked his, um, he took a couple of tens off his post-to-post time and, and he's pulled up clean. So it's probably the best we've had him is probably... It's probably now heading into the heat, you know. And Mick, you've got your bearing mind that the finals are, are, are a little uh, a week away, a little uh, over a week away. Um, ha- have you got anything up your sleeve going into the final? You know, that's going to be the grand final for this series. Do you think whatever he does tomorrow, oh yeah, tomorrow night at the Gardens, you've got a little bit up up your sleeve? Yeah, hundred percent. Just got to be mindful we don't flatten him either, you know. Um, he sort of, he feels to me like he's sort of at the same stage as what Casual Glance was early on when he took on the Gosford Cup. Um, you've got to be really careful managing them through once you're bringing them up. All these other dogs are all seasoned over the 500, like Casual Glance. He's, he's humming at the moment. Um, we're just going to be mindful we don't flatten him. So we'll just have to do a bit of extra, if we're lucky enough to make it through. Um, it'll be a balancing act on how much work I'll give him as, as to, um, to not flatten him and freshen him for the final. He, he draws box three in uh, in the first heat, Mickey. He's got Arctic Kingdom drawn inside of him, Peyton keeping to his outside. Um, obviously, I, I guess it's hard to say, but you would assume that he's going to lead these dogs. If he's run the 484 first split, he's going to be out in front. And and for him, at his only second ever run over the uh, the 500 in a race, uh, that's exactly where you want him to be. 100%, mate. We need to be out front. Well, they're speed dogs, Duke, as you know. You know, Casual Glance is getting a lot stronger now and he can come from behind now, but early on he was just a speed dog. More Source is just definitely a speed dog. He needs to lead to win. And I think come Friday, I'll, I'll have him cherry ripe going into the heat. And and if he runs that first section that we know we can, like he's going to run sub four eights, which is just bonkers, even just the thought of it, you know. Like he, he should be able to get under four eight off, off his 484 the other day, you know, and and he'll be running seventeen O's down the back, so he's going to be, you know, he's going to be, oh, he's going to be well in front. Just on times, he's going to be well in front. So he probably only needs to run, you know, a twenty nine five or a little bit better, and and he's he's going to be in the finish, you know. 
Looking at the race, uh, Mick, oh, you would only need to run 29.5 to win that race. I think uh, as far as if you make it through to the the, the the final, you are going to need to get around the 29.3 mark if to take out the final. But if he's running those early times, uh, I don't, I've done form at the gardens for years and years, basically since the track opened. And I can't, I don't think there was a day that I'd ever think a dog could get down to 480 or even below that to that first mark. I know the record's now 482, but geez, if he does that, he's going to be a long way in front on that top turn. And uh, look, he, he'd have to really fall in a heap, in my opinion, to get run down in, in the race he's drawn, because I can see Arctic Kingdom probably driving to second at the first turn. He's not an overly strong greyhound. So uh, look, I think it's looking at the form. Uh, to me, it looks he's race to lose. Would you agree? Mate, if he leads, he, well, he, his post-to-post run home time the other day on Monday was 12.10. So, you know, casual glances run home in 11.98. So if he runs those first, close to those first two sections and can run home in 12.2, he's going to run 29.40 at least, you know. So, um, yeah, let's. I'm looking forward to it anyway. We'll see what happens. Casual glance, he draws box three in the second of the heats. He's got a PB there at 29.54. Mickey's got... Uh, a 492 first split there, I think it is, um, when leading. He's un, uh, his unbeaten run of five came to an end at his last start. He was a moral beaten, got beaten an eyelash. How's he been coming into this Friday? Yeah, seamless. Yeah, really happy with him. Prepped up beautiful. Work at home solid. Um, he, he, there's a bit of a balancing act with him too. With He doesn't cop a lot of work. But you, you sort of need to keep him just that little bit fresh. He loves his races uh, space, but you can't have him too fresh. Otherwise, he he dances in the boxes. You, you, if you watch these replays, you'll see him dancing when he's too fresh. So we elect to give him a hit out Monday night instead of last Friday. And that'll just take a little bit of edge off him. And he went super, mate, 24-27. So he's humming. So that was the plan going into this race, Mick, to just ease off on him and just give him that little bit of a fresh up. This has been a plan. There was no reason, other reason for the three-week break. 100%, mate. That was the plan all along. And he comes up. He, he's probably got a tougher heat than what more Source has got. Um, of course, we're going to speak with Mark Davidson uh, in our next segment. Mickey do uh, a 29-3 dog there at the Gardens. Uh, how do you see that run to the first turn there, Mick? Yeah, it's, he's a he's a nice pup on the rise. Um, I think they snuck him up to Lismore, didn't they? Give him a bit of a trial. So I'd say, imagine he's heading towards the Lismore Cup after that. But you know, he'd be he's in very good hands with Mark. Um, the dogs are, you know, he could be any. He's already in the markets for, you know, the Melbourne Cup and the Phoenix and the like. So, you know, he's carrying a bit of a tag with him. That dog, very very smart dog. Um, if if my boy leads. Yeah, you know, on his post to post and of of his on his form and his ability and everything that he does basically week in, week out, he's gonna take some catch and if he finds the front early. He he's starting to get some race smarts about him too. He used to hard crash for three or four strides and to just to find the fence, but he's starting to do things in the field now. He's working, he's a very professional doggy. If, if, if he's got pressure from his inside or out, he sort of adjusts his line now. He's a very smart dog. And um, if, I'll tell you, he's in good order. Jeez, I'm, I'm happy. I'm more so happy with casual glance leading in than I am with more sauce. His prep's been seamless. I think that's a push if I've ever heard one in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> there is a bit of confidence there, Mick. Uh, now, I've got to say, with him, what he did 
he got beaten last start, but as Duke alluded to, is a certainty beaten. But uh, he showed me another string to his bow. Uh, you know, we're normally used to straight on the bunny, just keep rolling, just run his rivals ragged. But he kept on coming. He showed a bit of grit and determination at his latest run. Yeah. Uh, take nothing away from, from Jeff and Leanne's really good dog there, Kid Psycho. But he, he rails beautiful. and But once he hits the straights, he moves off. And uh, when Casual Glance missed it off the red, he really mustered hard. Kid Psycho sort of got halfway around the bend. And just before they got to the back, you've seen Casual Glance was coming two to their one. And instead of picking inside or out, he, he picked the outside. And just as he picked the outside, that's when Kid Psycho moves off. Mm. And he carded him off three or four dogs. Uh, he lost a bit of ground there. He come again in the straight. And as he was about to go past him again, he carted him off again in the straight. So take nothing away from kids. Like a very, very good dog. But, yeah, I think he was a good thing beat himself. All right. Race five, more sauce. Race six, casual glance. Hey, Mickey, before you go, I've got to say, well done. Uh, Robbie Rotten returned to the racetrack on Monday night at Maitland, uh, running 22-3. I know you've had a lot of trouble with him lately, split webbing after his... Uh, start prior at the gardens. You've put a lot of work in this dog. It must have given you a great satisfaction to, to get the cash, mate. Oh, I was bloody stoked, mate. I, was, I hope the punters got the tip a couple of weeks ago because I said he was airborne. He's going real good, the dog. He's got one of those economical energy-saving actions. If you watch him coming down the straight there at Maitland, he's got the most perfect stride. That's why I think he'll get that 600 like I spoke to you before there, Duke. He's very clean-winded. Um, we didn't do much. I was going to give him another trial last Wednesday, actually, just a, a blowout just before Monday, but he just done that well at home. I just elected to give him a bit of work at home and just keep him a little bit on the fresh side. But yeah, it was a big thrill uh, for the owner, Dion, and his lovely wife, Naira. Um, they dead set, they just go bonkers every time he races. You know, it's just that's what grand racing is all about. It's a, the best sport on the planet. When you've got owners that just really love watching their dogs, and it yeah, it gives gives me a massive thrill to see the owners happy. That's that's what it's all about, Jude. Hey, Battler, I did ring Mickey a few weeks back asking him if Robbie Rotten was for sale, but uh, I think the conversation went, uh, mate. I think they'd rather sell a kid before they sell the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mick, what are the plans for Robbie? What where are you going to go with him, mate? There's we can't get to Wenny. I'd love to get him back down to Wenny, but. We're sort of sacrificing a couple of Wednesday wins with him because uh, we can't get to Wenny because of work on a Wednesday. We can get there on a Saturday. So that we'll, we'll go through those fifth-grade heats at Maitland over the 450 next week. They've got the, just the jackpot heats. I think it's 5,000 win of the following Monday. Um, and then there's a couple of auctions on the on the table. Possibly, I think, Golden Cup would be a nice race for him, similar to Maitland, and, um, and obviously Wentworth Park on a Saturday. We'll just... Slowly build him up. There's plenty of options coming up, especially, you know, it'd be nice to get him up to the, you know, a couple of 565s at Maitland or a 600 and then freshen him back up for the Gosford Cup. You know, that's a proven formula, that. Yeah, well done, mate. Hey, listen, good luck on Friday with uh, more sauce and also with casual glance. Good luck uh, moving forward with Robbie Rotten. Hopefully, mate, we'll be talking to you next week again uh, after the boys have qualified and, and you've got to tilt at uh, the big one, the Group 2 Blacktop. Great to talk to you, lads. Win, lose or draw. We're just, as uh, long as the boys come home safe, that's all we care about. Good on you, Mickey. Thanks for joining us. Mick Lill here on Behind the Boxes. Coming up after this break, what's hot, what's not, all our usual segments, plus Mark Davidson, one of the leading trainers in Newcastle, will join us right here on Behind the Boxes. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back to this week's edition of Behind the Boxes. Coming up, what's hot and what's not, brought to you by Ivory Coat. We're going to have the rumour file. We'll also have dogs to follow. And Timmy and I will just waffle a bit like we always do. But we're sticking to a blacktop theme now with our next guest. And Newcastle trainer Mark Davidson has enjoyed plenty of success over the past couple of years. He's got two real live chances in this year's blacktop series in Ritza William and Mickey Do. Davo, welcome to Behind the Boxes. First off, mate. I know your dad, Billy, trained dogs. Is that where you got your grounding from, mate? Yeah, it started with my dad. Um, it started off with him and a couple of mates, uh, one of my dad's and one of mine, and and we had a, a bitch called Mystique Magic that we won a few with. Um, and from there, we bred with her. And, and from that, you just got a bit of a bug. Dad trained in the sort of early 70s and then got out. Um, and then he come back in and I said, yeah, I'll come in and... As I said, one of my mates and one of his mates and the four of us started a bit of a syndicate and we've kicked on from there. And Dave, you owned your own tiling business for about 20 years and back in 2015, you went into full-time training. Did did you always have aspirations to go into full-time training? And, and in 2015, I'm sure there was a few anxious moments with what the industry was dealing with back then. Yeah, yeah, Timmy, for sure. It's... Um, Running your own business, as you know, you're dealing with a lot of pressure. Um, and just in the end, it started to just get me down a bit. So I thought, well, I need to change the scenery. Um, I love the dogs. And um, when this property come up, we said, well, we'll take it. Um, and from there, I just, over the next probably year or so, I um, just... Started to firm my way into it, made sure I had a good bank behind me because I thought if I run into some down times, I'm going to have to have something to pay the mortgage. So we we persevered for a year and filled the kennels up and then I made the step. Um, we went away on a holiday, actually, and come back and then the industry was going to shut down, which rocked me a little bit because I just sort of faded out of the Thailand game. But um, luckily enough, everything come good and, and I've been able to kick on from there. And, Mark, you train at Brandy Hill, which is around about 30 minutes from both the Gardens and Maitland and a couple of hours from Sydney. Uh, the battler from Brandy Hill looks like he's done well. The backdrop there looks beautiful. Tell us a bit about the property. How many kennels there? How many do you have in work? What sort of exercise yards do you have? Yeah, we've got uh, five acres here. We've got three three acres of the main house and the sheds. Um, and I've got a two-acre paddock just off to the side of the the, the joint and uh, there's a couple of 110 metre runs and I've kept them right over the far side of the paddock and I just like to use them firstly when they get here and then I've got a couple of shorter runs up in the corner but I, I use the paddock, the openness of the paddock a fair bit. I usually get the motorbike out and most of them like to run beside me so I can change it up a fair bit and it seems to work. It, it's very easy to keep them fresh that way uh, and happy because once they're out with the bike and they're with you, that it's not a chore anymore. It's a bit of fun. So uh, I've had success with that. I'll probably overtrain them when I first come, um, doing too much with them. But I've sort of got into a rhythm now. And, um, you know, you, you get a few tips off likes of Jason McKay and, and a few others that are, do all their work from home. And, um, yeah, it's all starting to come together. The battler from it's, Brandy Hill. Oh, yeah, what a, yeah. Hey, seriously, have a look at have a look at it. Yeah, he's doing it tough, isn't he? Hey. Oh, no, we're, we're doing all right. It's a it's a nice place. It took us uh, six months or more to find it. Uh, something that was within range of going to see the kids, 
uh, and not too far out. And um, we've come up with it. There was, um, yeah, we've done a little bit of work here. We've got uh, about 17 kennels up there, 12 in the main shed and, and sort of five on the, on the outside that we use for free trainers and dogs coming in that's just first come into the joint. But it's it's seen us now. We're probably looking to get a, a little bit bigger, not too much. Mel's, my wife's just retired. Uh, so she's helping me full time now, which is a massive bonus. It's um, I can shoot away and trial dogs um, and just know that, you know, I'm coming home and everything's done or she can go to the races, she can handle them. Uh, she's as good as what I am with them. So it's, um, you know, it's making a lot easier now having, having Mel with me and, um, and we're looking just to expand a little bit more. We've taken on a couple of pups that, that we can rear um and just stick into our main core of dogs and we get 15 good race dogs well it's going to carry us that's enough and Dave oh, in your whole career you've trained over 360 winners uh you've had um a really good run recently uh, particularly with a bonny little bitch called uh, let's see she contested a number of races a number of feature races around the country in the first half of uh, this year um yep. she's off to be a mum now but Gee, uh, she was a talented bitch when she was right on song. Yeah, she was, Timmy. She um, she had a few little traits with her, but she was a good chaser uh, and she mixed it with the best. We we sort of, we didn't miss anything. We took on them all and, um, you know, it was a shame in the end that, that, that a hawk went, but Karen and Wayne, when we sent her down to Melbourne, I can't thank them enough. Uh, Wayne Vasalo and Karen Pitt, they've done a tremendous job. And even since she broke down, uh, she's been still down there due to a rod in a leg. And uh, she's been down there over four months now. And they've done a fantastic job. Like, we, yeah, it's unbelievable of what they've done for us over that time, especially when she's not racing. You know, it's it makes it hard on them guys. And, and you know, we're very appreciative. But she was, look, she, she gave us a massive thrill in the Association Cup, could beat a head ahead. Um, yeah, it's probably the closest I've come ever to a, a group race. And um, it was the first time I've ever got a bit of heart racing behind the boxes coming to the line. So, um, no, she was a great bitch. And hopefully she can throw something. That's a that's a big thing now. Hey, Dave, we talk about group races. And, of course, uh, we've got the Blacktop Series kicked off tomorrow night, Friday night, at the Gardens. Your current kennel star is a greyhound by the name of Mickey Doo. He lines up in heat two of the blacktop, he takes on the likes of casual glance. Now, he landed in your kennel after clients purchased him after he finished unplaced on debut at the gardens in May, but he's obviously shown you plenty from day one. And I believe you were originally going to send him for that Grafton Maiden Classic in July. Yeah, that's right, Mark. Um, we went up there, we, we when we got him, he, he was just green, very green, young in the head. Um, and so we worked with him and but from day one, he just showed he had that raw ability of a big motor, but still learning how to use it. So we, we went up to Graft and we give him a look over the 350 and he run 1980 first look. And uh, I think it was dog of Johnny Darts had won the night before and he'd held the, the record from the trial and then it run about 81 that night or something like that. So we thought, gee, that is just good. And then we went back and he just had a little hiccup and it just put a bit of pressure on us and we decided to pull the pin on it because we just wanted him to be 100%. And, and we said, well, if we push him and something goes wrong, we'll probably be kicking ourselves. So we aborted it, come home, got him right, put him around at Maitland and he trialled his next trial. I think he ran 22-25 and then he come out in his maiden, missed it by four or five and still won, you know, and it was a massive win. But he just got into a couple of little bad traits 
in the beginning um, and we're, hopefully we've ironed them out now. And, um, and from there, he's, we haven't missed him as far as grade-wise. I normally try and take him and win all the low grades as I can, but after the maiden, we stepped him up to a one-to-four win in the 450 and he got the job done. Then he runs second in the final, still making mistakes and um, we needed the competition. That was a big thing. That Everything I had here, you know, at that stage, I think Richard William had won six or seven races for me and he'd, he'd beat him in the trial. And I thought, we said, we've got to give him competition. If we want to take on the good dogs, we need the competition, not running 10 lengths in front and not learning how to race properly. So we've sort of, yeah, pushed him into the races where he's been a bit outgraded, but he keeps coming up trumps. And, and that's what all you can ask of a dog like him. He's had nine starts for you, 10 starts in total, but nine starts, seven wins, uh, two seconds. Yep. Um, again, he's taking on the real top-class dogs in this heat. Um, you're not worried about throwing me near the, the deep end? No, nah, not really, Mark. He's, um, I know he can do it. He, he's run his 29 threes down there, and um, you know we thought it would be a good test when Zulu Warlord come up, um, and he got the job done. And you know probably Zulu Warlord's not the same dog at the Gardens as he is at Bathurst and all that, but. It's, you still got to beat him, and um, and he did it, and he did it convincingly. So, uh, yeah, look, casual glance there, all season dogs, great two first sections, but if he rolls out, he can run those sections, um, and I know he's strong. So it's, you know, you've got to take him on sometime, and he's been set for this for a while. He's been done all his homework down there. He's raced there, and, uh, yeah, we had the option to go to the Vic Peters uh, and race in his age group, and but we've only had one look at Wenny and that was last Wednesday. So you sort of going from one to another. So we said, we'll stick with the plan. And if you don't happen to make it through, we'll just go to the Vic Peters after that. Um, yeah. He's, he's doing everything right. And I'm very happy with him at this stage. And leading into Friday night, Dave, oh, he has had a, a four week freshener. So yep. that was always the plan to give him a little bit of a break. I believe you've, you've tried at least more. You've mentioned you've gone to Wenny and now You've got him back to the gardens. You're always planning to just ease off into this series. Yeah, yeah, Timmy. It's um, he'd it, been up for a while and he'd, he'd raced hard races, and we'd done a lot of work with him in between the races on his box work and stuff. So we thought, well, he needs a little bit of a break just to freshen up. Um, so we, I think, he got nearly two weeks, and then we headed up to Lismore, and he and he went a box to box up there. Uh, come back from there, went to when he had another box to box. Um, and then he's topped it off with a box-to-box here for the gardens. Um, so, look, he's a dog that likes to work, he, but obviously you can't do it week in, week out. So we just thought, well, time now, and we'll you know, cover all the bases. And, and sort of when he popped up out of the blue, because we weren't sure what was going to happen there, but we knew we could get to Lismore. Um, so we just put that the box-to-box in down at the gardens just to cover our bases uh, as soon as it opened. And, um, yeah, look, I think... <laughs> Off what he's done so far, he he continues to improve each run by working him. He, he, he's a dog that likes to work. He, he, you put him in the paddock and he, he wants you to be out there with him and he'll run round and round in circles around the paddock and, and just he's a happy dog like when he's working and he, you know, he pulls to get on the walking machine, pulls to get out there and the rest of the time he'll sleep and, that's it. and he just seems to thrive on it, yeah. Uh, Dave, Ritter William is your other greyhound in the Blacktop series, uh, owned by Frankie Gatt. Uh, he was transferred to you earlier this year. Now, you talk about honest greyhounds. He's certainly one of those. He loves the gardens. 
He's run 45 there as a PB. Uh, he comes up in heat number three of the blacktop. He's drawn box number three. How do you rate his chances, mate? Yeah, look, I think he's very well boxed. Um, you got Kid Psycho is next to him. He's been next to him a couple of times in the free-for-alls, and he normally goes pretty straight. Um, convoluted, it's got a little bit of pace there early, but off his last start there, he run 485 and 71 to the back. If he repeats that, then the likes of Fire Legend and um, the other Zulu Warlord out there, they're going to have to come across and get across him because I know Kid Psycho, he's a 490 dog to the mark. He'll be there early. So there could be four of them going into the turn and you want to be on the fence. And if he's on the fence, he'll punch through. Um, he, he's he's going super. He's um, it, 45 probably pulls him up. He just gets a little bit tied towards the end. He's not as strong as Mickey do. Um, but he's if he reels out his sections early, I think he'll be on the fence and, and up the front. And, and that's where we want to be. He, he's a good, tough dog. And he's another dog that... Similar to Richard Tommy with Andrew Bell, like the more they do and the more they race, the better they go and the better they pull up. And, um, you know, he, he won three 500s, a, a 500 at the Gardens on the Friday, a 450 at Maitland on the Monday and went back to the Gardens Friday and won a 500. And that was his best run. He got quicker as he went and was pulling up enormous. Um, so the, the little breaks, he had to, he dislocated a toe at Gosford when he was in front against Fire Legend. Um, so we've sort of just got him back in time. Um, so he's probably going to be a touch underdone, which might catch me out at the end. But look, he's certainly running his first two sections. Um, and if he is, it, then I think he's tough enough to, to, to get a win and, you know, be better the following week. Because as I say, he does enjoy the work and the more he races, the better he seems to go. And Dave, being an overcastrian, I know the black top would be near the top of the list of races you want to win. What about the other feature races around the country? What's that one race Mark Davidson wants to win? Oh, well, if, if you're going to talk money, you, you've got to say the million dollar chase uh -huh. with two of them next year. You'd love to be having a, a crack at that. But um, look, any race, any group race. You know, I've made the finals. I think with someone said the other day, I've made 10 or 11 finals, group finals, but, you know, and I've made the podium once. I, I'd love to win one. It doesn't matter which one. It's just as long as you can win. It's, it's a massive achievement. You know, I, I take my hat off to anyone that can train a winner, let alone, you know, you get into the group finals. And, uh, you know, as I say, talked to Jason McKay and he said, Mark, you, you've found the lengths you need. Now you've got to find the inches. And, and it's pretty true. You know, you need everything to go right. And, uh, hopefully one day it'll happen. And, and, and Dave, you, you touched on on your wife Mel earlier. Uh, uh, the old saying, behind every good man is a great woman. And and without Mel's uh, support, there's no way you'd be in the position to be where you are and have the success you've had over the last few years. Yeah, well, that's right, Timmy. It's it's a massive help. And I'm lucky she likes the dogs. And, and the very end, Handy to have if everybody's here with you and she goes in, gives them the cuddles that they need and spends a bit of time. It's just very helpful. And and I can she'll go to the races, she knows exactly what to do. She come when we took Let's See to Albion Park, you know, we drove up, she come with me. We drove straight back home and between the two of us shared the driving. So we, all night we got home, we unloaded, went to the Bathurst Cup final, 
and then got home at three thirty the next morning. Like you wouldn't find too many wives that'll do that. <laughs> you know, so, and we're still together. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, you must be doing something right, Dave. Hey, listen, uh, mate. Initially, best of luck in the Blacktop Series, but good luck uh, moving forward with the team. Hopefully, one day. Uh, we'll see you win that group race and, and let's hope it's Friday week at the Gardens, mate. Uh, thanks very much, Mark. I appreciate it. Good on you. Mark Davidson there joining us on Behind the Boxes. And Timmy, uh, he's been very successful for a long time now. He sure has, Duke. And I've got a photo here of a greyhound by the name of Jack Bauer, a greyhound I owned with a good mate five or six years ago. Uh, he, uh, he was bred in Melbourne and he had one run down there and uh, we decided to bring him up to New South Wales and Mark's always trained uh, a dog or two for me along the way and uh, don't worry we uh, the aim was to set him for a first up victory in a maiden and Mark did everything possible to get him right first up they bet 12 13 14 dollars he basically hid the dog from all the trial purrs in Newcastle 29, 22.95 straight to the front and he got the money. So he certainly I remember knows. getting the phone call about that one either. Yeah, I don't think too many people other than me and the other owner knew too much about it and Davo. Uh, so we kept it very quiet. You know, you got to do these things sometimes, Duke, when you, you you spend all the money to do the, you know, to get the dogs and, and bring them up and transport and everything Absolutely. like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so Dave, I've known Dave for a long, long time. As I said, he, he's trained dogs for me. Um, we've had a, quite a number of winners, but Jack Bow, he's he's one I'll never ever forget. As I said, that he, he was a dog. He won around eight or nine races for us in the end. And uh, no, he, he did a great job. And now I'll never forget that was uh, what uh, the 29th of August, 2015. Probably the last winner I think I've back. Yeah, quite still counting the cash. One of the real <laughs> lovely guys. Uh, always got a smile. Always happy to have a chat. And the one thing I really like about Dave, I never makes excuses for his dogs when they get beat. No, you're spot on. He's actually in a similar mould to Jason McKay, really, When and they are great mates. Jason's, you know, he, he's never making excuses when they get beat. You know, it's it's he, he, he's got that sort of Jason sort of uh, similarity with him, uh, Dave. So, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, you won't find a better bloke. He's a terrific bloke and he's a damn good uh, greyhound trainer. That's for sure. Yeah, he sure is. All right. Time for one of our most popular segments. What's hot, what's not brought to you by Ivory Coat. Don't forget, great range of pet food there for uh, cats and also uh, for your dogs. Of course, Ivory Coat, the sponsor of What's Hot and What's Not. Battler, what's on fire for you this week? Uh, well, a couple of trainers, uh, boutique kennels you could say steve fitch who uh trained a winning treble at nara on monday and robin and glenn goodwin a husband and wife training team from uh down at dapto they trained a winning treble uh up the straight at uh, richmond on the weekend so both trainers uh both teams they haven't got a a, a, a heap of numbers as far as you know they're uh, in the kennel but it's quite a feat, you know. It's different when these bigger trainers, Duke, who who've got a stack of uh, stack of um, dogs in the kennel train trebles. But when these these boutique like kennels, they do it. It's quite a feat. And uh, Robert and Glenn, they've had a great run with Radiation, who he won up the straight. He he's a flying machine. They've got him absolutely airborne at the moment. Um, he 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 loves up the straight there at Richmond. So he he was a really nice winner on the weekend. And and Steve Fitch, who um who I said as I mentioned, the, the three winners at Nara on on Monday. Uh, this is 
he's had a lot of success over the last what 18 months to two years with the um the, he races the cumbria prefix greyhounds and you know he had a lot of luck with cumbria nino cumbria lass uh which was a barsha bale um hilltop bell, bell litter and this is the next litter uh, and this one's by Fernando Bar, where you know, he had Cumbria Kid and Cumbria Dave win on Monday. And he, he's old war horse, Silver Heels win as well. So, yeah, a shout out to, to Steve Fitch and Robert and Glenn Goodwin because uh, doing a great, great job with only a limited number, limited, limited number of dogs in work. Another, um, another family treble as well, Battler. Uh, last Thursday night at Dapdo, Andrew Rowe and his mm. daughter Carly uh, they trained uh, the trifectas, their second treble in 11 months with greyhounds of the same litter. Uh, Tour General and Hibiscus Moon for Andrew and Carly scored with Exude Lightness. So uh, well done to those guys as well, because as you say, mate, it's such a tough thing to do. And Davo hit the nail on the head. I take my hat off to anyone who trains one winner, let alone training two, let alone training three. Yeah, absolutely. Do you guess I just mentioned you know, they, these? Some of the big trainers they can try. You know, the Jason McKay's and Andy and Jody Law. They 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 might train a treble. You know, quite regularly. But when these smaller kennels like the Rose you've just mentioned and the other guys, it's great to see. And that's what I think you've got to got to make mention and and got to give them credit where credit is due because it's as Dave said. Yeah, it's hard enough training one winner, let alone three on the card. Yeah, it sure is. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what's hot for me, Battler. I'm fairly simple as you know, mate. What's hot is returning to Wentworth Park, the racing, and returning uh, with feature races. And that, of course, as we've been talking about, the Blacktop Series kicks off tomorrow at the uh, at the Gardens. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, just a little bit of normality reappearing in our lives. Uh, I know we make fun of the lockdown, but you guys get your Freedom Day in, uh, in those lockdown LGAs in Sydney on, I think it's October the 11th. Um, but just... Being able to get back to Wenty in the in the near future, and then you know seeing all these good dogs converge at the Gardens on Friday night, mate, that that's enough for me. I'm I'm very happy at the moment with that. Oh yeah, look, I've been hanging out for these uh, these feature races to come back. I, I as we've mentioned, I love the Blacktop uh, Friday night, and then yeah, Wentworth Park. We've got the Sydney Cup. We've got the the Vic Peters, the Peter Mossman, and we'll be doing a, a special broadcast too on a couple of those nights, Duke, uh, which will go out on our social platforms. Uh, so really looking forward to getting back to Wentworth Park. This Sydney Cup, it's going to be one for the ages. I know we've we have sort of talked about it a number of times on this show over. The the last few weeks but oh it, it, it's just going it's as i said as, as i said a few weeks ago i don't think i've looked forward to a series like this for for a long time particularly a staying series because i think we've got the best bunch of stays we've had in new south wales for a decade or two yeah it's certainly exciting i mean you go back a few years when tornado tears was at the top of his game and came to when he ran a track record and that but i, I think he was more one out whereas this mm, year mm. Uh, we've got five or six of them that mm. You know, any any one of them, depending on how the race turns out, they can probably win the race. So really looking forward to that Sydney Cup. The rumour file battler, boy, oh boy, the tongues are wagging this week. I'll tell you what I did, what I did. I took a phone call uh, earlier this week from, I'll just say a leading Victorian trainer who asked my opinion on if he was going to move to Sydney and set up a satellite kennel, what area of Sydney or you know, close confines, should he be looking to set up uh, as far as a satellite kennel is concerned, not a full-blown complex, but a, a, a 
set up where you could probably have 10 or 12 greyhounds up here. And as we know, it's it's very prevalent in, in thoroughbred circles where the likes of Chris Waller, he's got stables in you know, three or four different states. But this was from a very big name Victorian trainer. No names, no pack drill guys, don't give them up. But a lot of people looking to move to New South Wales with the increased prize money. It was only five years ago they were all looking to get out of the state because of what was happening. Mm. Yeah, quite quite interesting, Duke. And I'm not surprised with the, the increase in the prize money now. It's uh, it's well, who wouldn't want to be here in New South Wales, particularly the way Victoria's going at the moment. Uh, they're continually. We talk about lockdowns here. Well, they've basically been in lockdown down there for like 18 months or something like that. Yeah, you feel for them. But um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm not surprised, and as you've just alluded to, the, the success we've seen, you know, in the thoroughbred world with the Chris Wallers and, and the likes. So, yeah, that is a very interesting rumor. Will be uh, will be interesting to see whether it does come to fruition down the track. Let's try and uh, earn our viewers and listeners a few bob here, mate. Uh, what is your dog to follow this week? Uh, I'm really keen on Paycor. Look, she's not really a dog to follow, but I think we can get an earn out of her this weekend. She's going around in the heat of the blacktop on Friday night. She's drawn box number one. She's drawn underneath a wide runner. She's going to get an airport to drive up on the rails here and take control. And I think she'll just put rivals away. She's a greyhound who's first up at the gardens, but she's in the care of Pete Legosiani. Now there's no doubt in the world she would have trialed around the gardens and I'm sure she'd love the joint. Uh, she's come back from a break in uh, outstanding fashion. She's won three on the trot. She's run flying times over the 400 metres, then over the 500 at Gosford at her latest run. Uh, look, I think she'll win on Friday night. She's up against Zipping Kiros, who have always had a big, big rap on. But if she can find the lure at the first turn, she'll run 29-3 around the gardens. Now, you can't run greyhounds down when you're running. You can't give greyhounds four or five lengths Um around the garden if you're running that time up in front and zipping curious he's just a little awkwardly drawn with a railer on his outside so i think pay call will be winning on friday night duke uh now i've been searching for an all-in market for the blacktop i haven't found one just yet but uh the corporates or the tab might go up in the next you know 24 hours 48 hours so if you can get on uh pay call in the all-in i'm assuming she'd be around the 10 or 12 dollar mark yep. being Three to three fifty on on Friday. I think she's a real, real good bet. Pay call. Yeah, well, zipping Kyrgios will probably make the market for her being in that same race, but they've only got to run one, two in the heats to get through to the final. Listen, my dog to follow. I'm going out a little bit west and a, a greyhound that's not. I wouldn't expect it to be a superstar on the track, but he's a handy little chaser. A dog by the name of Falcon Fly, trained by Paul Steedman out at Lidstar. Uh, it's won its last couple at Bathurst in 29.96 and then it won again there on Monday afternoon running 29.88. The thing I really like about this dog is he's on that upward progression, Timmy, over the 500s. Uh, he dropped back to the 300 and the 400, but his last two goes there. Uh, he's shown really good early pace to lead and win. And obviously with the return of Wentworth Park, we're going to see these dogs uh, travelling back to the city now. And I just thought Falcon Fly... Uh, by Fernando Bale out of Pearl's Legacy. Uh, good damn line there as well. I thought he was a greyhound that uh, we could probably get a quit out of in the next few weeks in those low-grade races at Wenny if Paul decides to head there. Uh, otherwise, at Bathurst, um, he's a greyhound that, that does most of his racing there. And, and I just thought he was a greyhound on the rise, mate. Oh, I agree, Duke. And there's, there's a few in the litter that go really well. Uh, 
Prince Creed, who's a, a kennel mate, Paul's got it as well. It's won seven out of 12 and run quick times at Bathurst in Goulburn. He's another on an upward trend. And even uh, Marge Irene, who's in the care of Ruth King, who trained Pearl's Legacy, yeah. uh, she's uh, she's won three at Dapto, I think, and she's run around 30 seconds each time. So, yeah, it's a nice litter. And, look, I think you could really follow all three of those Greyhounds, Duke, because I, I, I dare say... Uh, you know, it, it, particularly Prince Creed, if, if it can get the five, I think it's only had the one run over the 500, but if it can run the 500, I think all of those greyhounds are future city winners. Yep, Falcon Fly, look for him either at Bathurst or hopefully at Wentworth Park in a, uh, a grade five race there. Battler this Sunday, NRL grand final. Melbourne got rolled by Penrith, the team that you backed pre-post, pre-season, yep. pre-game. Must be a fill-up if the Panthers get the cash. You know what happens now. Dude. You know what <laughs> the happens. overs god, mate. The overs <laughs> god. He'll just chime in. He'll look. I haven't got it. I haven't got them running for a big result. Not. I'm not punning on the football like I did a few years ago. I was punning quite, quite hefty a few years ago. Uh, but no, it's it's only a little result. But I did did back Penrith early. But I backed them last week. It was a nice little result last week. It was three sixty or three seventy or whatever it was. I am shocked, though, that they're $1.65. So, look, if I had them going for a much bigger result than what I have, I'd be I'd be backing uh, the bunnies as well and making sure I, I don't lose on the... A little on bit the, of a crush. On, yeah, I don't, don't lose on the race, you know. But uh, I'll be sitting back and cheering Penrith home and hopefully I might might actually run uh, ran, uh, second in the uh, tipping competition this year. So I'm actually seeing the footy all right. Uh, oh. The bulleye. Uh, NRL tipping competition. Hello to everyone down at Bulleye. I, uh, I haven't been down there for uh, six months, I don't think, but <laughs> I run second in the tipping comp. Uh, yeah, so I'm seeing the all right in the footy. So, yeah, I'll be cheering Penrith home and we'll be able to eat a little more than, you know, chicken noodle soup next week. If oh, they yeah, get I reckon it's going to be a cracker of a game. Uh, Tavita Pengai out of uh, the Panthers. Nathan Cleary with a crook shoulder. Brian Toho with a, a bad ankle. On the other flip side, you've got uh, South Sydney. No Luttrell Mitchell. Hasn't stopped them in their no. charge. Uh, uh, Reynolds has uh, got a suspect hemi or a, a groin, I think it is. Uh, Cody Walker's playing out of his skin. Uh, yeah. It really is a game. And they only met a couple of weeks back anyway, and I think there were four points in yeah. it. So, that- I, I, again, my roots back in the west of Winston Hills, where I lived for a long while. I, I'm, I'm going for the Panthers as well. I'll tell you what, Penrith have had a couple of very, very hard games. A fortnight ago, a go against the Bunny, it was it was a hard and tough game. And then last week against Melbourne, that was no easy game. So that's why I'm a bit surprised there's such a big difference in, in the prices because the Bunnies have had a week off. They're coming into it a, a little fresher. Um, but, yeah, it's good to see you. you're sticking solid with the West, Duke. Absolutely. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with us here at Behind the Boxes, you can send us an email the uh, email addy right there, which is btb at grnsw.com.au. Hey, Badler, martini glasses, sumo suits, <laughs> shoes. Yeah. What's been on the agenda for uh, online purchases this week? And what are you going to do when lockdown finishes and you can actually go to a retail shop? Yeah, no, there'll be no more, uh, there'll be no more online purchases. I, I'm, I'm actually a bit over it now. Well, yeah, no, I'm a bit over it. 
You yeah. know, I don't like going. I don't like going grocery shopping. I don't like going shopping for clothes or anything like that. But look, I think I'll be looking forward to going going into a, a shopping center and doing a little bit of bit of shopping in person rather than this online shopping. I didn't get anything this week. I think I've hit my level. And <laughs> and a problem to be quite frank, the credit card isn't looking all that healthy. So I need Penrith to win. Uh, and then I might you know, do a little more shopping next week. I'll, I'll be able to pay off the credit card. We're back in play, but I've had to sort of pull up, pull up stumps a bit, Duke, because, yeah, when I really looked at it last week, I thought, oh, geez, yeah, yeah, we could better come back a level. So, uh, yeah, what about you? What's been happening at Grafton? Um, any news? What about we, we, we delved into the love life? What about the stitch up on the love life? Yeah, thanks yeah, very much, guys. I tell you what, Grafton, it's a bit, it's been a bit chilly. A little bit of rain. We've got some hot weather coming this weekend. We've got a couple of 34-degree days, so I've been out getting the pool ready. But uh, I had a pizza last week from a, a, a pizza shop up here called the Big River Pizza, right? They're not a sponsor, but I wish they were. Oh, they will be soon. <laughs> Seriously, the biggest and best pizza I've had in years, oh. mate. It took me three days to get through it, right? Stop it. It was and absolutely now. gigantic. You're gonna last do- night I went to the club for the first time. The dearest lamb cutlets I've ever had in my life. They were beautiful, right? The lamb cutlets were only twenty-two dollars, <laughs> but I knocked off a monkey on the punt, right? So, so the dear lamb cutlets. But we are getting ready for the Jack Randa Festival, which hits here in uh, late October. We've got a big race, a big maiden race coming up uh, at Grafton, which is named in honour of uh, my great mate Albert Gleeson. Uh, we've renamed it the Albert Gleeson Jack Randa Maiden. It's going to carry first place prize money of around eight thousand dollars, mate. The heats for that will be uh, in late October. Uh, I think it's around the 26th or something like that, the final, the first week in November. But, yeah, Jacarandas are starting to bulb. Everyone's talking about the Jacaranda Festival. Ian Moss is going to play up here, Troy Cassadaly. Oh. And you know what? I'm still able to park in the first road nearest the uh, escalator entrance to the shopping centre, mate. Love regional life, buddy. Oh, you just want to be, you'll be you'll be there like the, the, the new mayor of Grafton soon. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, you'll be you'll, you'll be out everywhere promoting. Come to Grafton, come Absolutely. to Grafton. Mate, it's a great town. Oh I no, mean, I know it is. Yeah, Bunnings awesome. across the road, across the bridge because I'm in town and Bunnings is on the south side. Hey, it's um, you can park so close to the door, you don't have to wheel the trolley. So <laughs> it's bloody great. I love it seriously, but it is a little bit Piccadilly. I'm waiting for this warmer weather to kick in because, uh, yeah, yeah, I've still got the Gold Coast uh, temperature gauge on. Actually, you just mentioned, too, about the stitch-up last week by the editor of this show. Now, it was outstanding. It was was an almighty stitch-up on you. But Katrina. Yes. Well, I just want to make mention of Katrina. Uh, A big happy birthday to Katrina for Friday. She is turning the big 4-0. Oh, 40. <laughs> I thought it was oh, 60. Sorry, oh, I haven't seen it for a while. She'll stick yeah. you up more now. So happy birthday to our editor of this show, uh, Kat. Um, we've known her for a long time. She does a really good show editing she this. Does, she and does she, a great job. Actually, and it was outstanding last week. I gave her a start at Sky. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So you gave her a start at Sky and then she, t- uh, she stitched you up deluxe yeah. last week, eh? Hey? Yeah, I don't think I was a favourite boss either. <laughs> I think I'm a favourite presenter now, right? Because I just oh. do, you know. <laughs> please. You're, you're just the, you know. Yeah, like, please. Hey, serious. listen. Yeah, come but as I said, there know. will be retribution. Uh, so happy 60th. Um, what is it? 50. 40. 40. She's 40. She's 40. The big 4 uh, Cat, there's no, uh, no turning back now, believe me. 
Happy birthday, Cat. Hope you have a great day and uh, celebrate with a few drinks and whatever else. Well, there's no hey, doubt that she enjoys a drink. Wendy's back. Feature races are back. How good is this? It's Terrible. game on. Game Man. on, Jake. I'm going to see you next week on Behind the Boxes. Thanks for joining us, mate. Do it all again then. Ta-da. All right. Timmy Newball there. And as I said, uh, we've got uh, the big feature races just around the corner at Wentworth Park as well. So until next week. I'm behind the boxes. I'm Mark Duclos. Good luck. Good punning. Bye for now.